your exclusive home for prop sports. Oh, it's good! It's good! This is Rowan Radio. Connors with the game winner! 89.7 WGLS-FM, Glassboro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your Wednesday host, Aaron Hook. RowanRadio.com, Channel 2. This is your Wednesday edition of Offsides. Here on November the 16th, 5.01 p.m., just past the uh, 5 o'clock hour here in Glassboro. Again, I'm your host, Aaron Hook. Every Wednesday from 5 to 6 on Offside, you can catch me here. And, of course, on Monday and Friday, Larry Dealman and Danny Ryan handling the hosting duties, uh, respectively, there. I have Nick Carlson and Jack Miller with me um, of our fabulous WGLS Sports Department, and I know I usually like to say that we have a lot to get to. Uh, I'll be honest this time. It's a little sparse uh, in terms of real, you know, kind of tangible um, things to talk about in terms of, like, breaking down games that went on and stuff like that. We'll recap uh, the Eagles on Monday night, although for me, it's going to feel like deja vu because, Nick, you missed third and long yesterday, and so we, we went all over that, and so... We'll get your guys' uh, opinions on the game now. Um, and so we'll move to some uh, NBA stuff. Again, mostly off-the-court things, but uh, we'll dive into some of um, our maybe future predictions uh, here as we're just under a month through the NBA season at this point. And then there is some baseball news that's finally starting to trickle in as well. And then we've got a, a pretty fun top five once again for the second week in a row, I think. And so, guys, um, I think we are going to start uh, with the Eagles, and you know, obviously they're the uh, the talk of the town right now. Dropping their first game on Monday night, thirty-two to twenty-one against the Commanders, and so, you know, I mean, sure, you're you're still eight and one, and um, it's far from you know a place where you're looking at this roster, Jack, and you're like, you know, th- this is this is maybe not as good a team as we thought they are. I think they still are. I I would still probably give them not as the best team in the NFC. But, you know, I mean, they, they played a little bit of a sloppy game on Monday night, and you have to hand it to Washington. They went out, and, you know, we'll talk more about Taylor Heineke, but he was able to rally his guys, and the defense stood tall in the last few drives there, and they were able to, you know, knock off what was an Eagles scene that was actually, you know, coming into the week. A lot of the talk was, can they go undefeated? Uh, we talked about that um, last week here on Offsides as well. Yeah, um, I'm kind of happy that the talk of that is kind of over because um, now we have the loss under our belt. Now we can just kind of play the game without, like, this huge, like, chip on our shoulder. Somebody going, said that. Yeah, Somebody A.J. Had, Brown. Okay, did. A.J. Yeah. Brown, yeah. So, uh, and I agree with him. So um, there's not this huge chip on the Eagles' shoulder that, oh, they have to go 17-0 and and everything. Um, but I think that this shows that the loss of uh, Jordan Davis uh, really hurts you um, because – uh, I saw this stat um, the other day, I think it was yesterday, that without Jordan Davis, their um, rushing yards uh, per game is 5.0 or 5-something, and then with Jordan Davis is 3-point-something. Right. That's, and, a, that's a loud, yeah, obviously. That, that's, I mean, a, that's, that's two yards. I mean, that's yeah. that's going to affect you. So No, that's, that's a big difference. And, that's, and Robinson Jr. just just kind of destroyed us on the on the ground So um, and just dominated us all over. So... Um, we just got to get our run game fixed without Jordan Davis, and I think the Eagles will be back in shape uh, as they have to go against the Colts, and which I think is a, uh, a better opponent than – or not a better opponent. I'd say um, the Commanders are a better opponent than the, the Colts. So Yeah, they'll, uh, they'll have a chance to bounce back on Sunday in Indy. And so, yeah, I think you're right. I think obviously the, um, the Davis injury hurts, and then, you know, I mean – you did AJ Brown one catch in this game, and you know the Eagles' formula is obviously to establish the run game and you know lean heavily into that with Jalen Hurts, of course, being an extension of that. Uh, but also feed the ball to their playmakers, and then you know obviously you have Dotter going down in this one as well. He's going to be on IR, and so 
you know, you lose him for at least the next four weeks. And so, you know, things are, are maybe starting to just slip a little bit for an Eagles team that looked like Nick, you know, through their first eight games, it was all kind of just, you know, <laughs> sunshine and rainbows for them, right? It seemed like nothing could really go wrong. And now it's kind of had this trickle-down effect to where they're facing a, a string of, of injuries here and they're coming off the loss and they're going to have to get their act together in time for Sunday. Um, and they're going to play a Colts team that, with Matt Ryan last week, actually looked pretty solid uh, for maybe one of the only times this entire season. So, for as much as the Eagles hater as I am, especially around the sports department, I really don't think that that game was Jalen Hurts' fault. No. I think not. that, I forget who said it, I think Aiden said it, that the Eagles lost to the Eagles. I don't think that the Commanders won that game. I mean, Quez Watkins fumbled, Dallas Goddard fumbled. The offense looked a little sluggish, but at the same time, Heineke didn't do anything special. It was a lot of the commander's defense. I think for the most part, the Eagles are still the best team in the league. I think Josh Allen's been figured out to a certain degree. I think that the Vikings had a good formula for him, and they were able to go into Buffalo and win that game. I think looking ahead towards the Colts, I I, I mean, they're coached by Jeff Saturday, and Jeff Saturday beat the Raiders. So I I don't think it's anything special. I think that the Eagles are going to win a lot more games. They're going to go, they're going to have two or three losses at most. I think that they're still a very good team, led by Jalen Hurts, who I've been saying it. I want to see him come back in the fourth quarter with the ball in his hands, and he was coming back. It's just the playmakers were losing the ball for him. Yeah, yeah. you know, that um, one play to Watkins downfield, the 50-yard bomb. Mates the catch, slips up, gets back up, takes like two steps, and then gets the ball punched out from behind. Washington gets the ball back. Um, they drive down into the field goal. And then, you know, at the end of the game, when Heineke's going down, to a knee, you know, kind of signaling that, you know, he's just going to take the sack here. Uh, Brandon Graham doesn't realize the play is dead. The late hit, unnecessary roughness, and that pretty much ended the game. What's, what's your thoughts on that call? Seeing well, it live. Well, I, I think Heineke did a good job of selling it, I think. Being a little bit awkward yeah. and selling it a little bit. Um, I think it, it may have been not a made-up call, but I, I think they realized that the Dotson offensive pass interference was maybe a call that they had the wrong way, and so I don't know if they, it was really a makeup call. But well, the thing is, is they had they missed the face mask, yeah, which was mm-hmm. very obvious. Right. There, there's a picture where the ref was looking at it, yeah. and didn't throw a flag. Um, I mean, and which was a fumble uh, in that case. And if it was a face mask, it wouldn't have been a fumble. Right. So I mean. I don't give how that would be a makeup call if there was that pass interference or whatever. Well, I don't know. I mean, and again, like, Graham seemed like he just didn't really, like, it was just weird how they. It, it seemed like an awkward the, play in general. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. It's not, it kind of seemed like they took their time to, to call him down, and I don't know. It was just it was just weird, like you said. But the late penalties definitely hurt the Eagles um, in this one. And then, you know, of course, like, they can't get anything going on the last two or three drives offensively, so Washington defensively had to give them credit as well. See, but do we still all agree? At least I think. I think the Eagles are still the best team in the league, and I think that the Chiefs are like a hair behind them, and then a hair behind the Chiefs is the Bills. Yeah, it's pretty close. The Bills. Well, I mean, we're. The, I'm not the set on the Vikings be, yet. The I'm Vikings not. Be right behind them. I yeah, I'd say Vikings are right behind them. I think what sets me back is that the Eagles destroy the Vikings. Yeah, on, on prime time. That's the thing that sets me back. Yeah, I want. I also, would love Kirk Cousins on prime time. Exactly. <laughs> I, I'd love to see the Bills play the Eagles, but I yeah. I won't until the Super Bowl at best. So yeah. I don't. I won't know those answers. But the it's a clear Eagles, Chiefs, Bills, Vikings, and I think that the Niners are right behind that. And then after that, it's like you throw the Ravens and Dolphins and mm. Jets and Giants and all that. Well, speaking of the Bills, I mean, they're going to get covered in six feet of snow on Sunday. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> what the with, Against your Browns. So. Yeah, it's going to be a run-heavy game. I don't, I don't even know what to expect from that game. Six feet, I mean, we were talking about before, that's a person right there. You have yeah. to cancel the game at that point. How would they do that? Would you? Would they play like Monday night or Saturday? I mean, I don't know. If, I don't think you would do it Saturday, but. Would you do it Monday night or like Tuesday night, like they did with the COVID games? Could have a double header on Monday. Yeah, you night. could do a, a double header. Yeah. Yeah, or make it Tuesday, like a, like one of those COVID games. You yeah, remember, you remember right. that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Oh yeah. my god. They that's... might just move the game back though, because let's say it's gonna stop snowing at three o'clock. 
What if you well, do it's, that? It's a one o'clock game. Yeah. Yeah. So they could, unless they get it like all like, like. Well, I mean, I don't know how long it's snowing for, and I don't know how quick they can get six feet of snow off of the. You got to think Buffalo; they're prepared. It's well, snows there no, like twenty four seven. They're going to be working. Yeah, it's not on like it's LA yeah. or anything. Yeah, they'll have the heaters somewhere, oh, and yeah. they'll they'll make sure the field is playable. I think they'll probably kick off at one o'clock, but it's going to be. I mean, it's going to be a snow dam for sure. You There's know how brutal that must stuff. be? Here's my thing. You're going to be tuning in on Red Zone. Sorry, Jack, but just it's like okay, yeah. you're going to be looking around the league like you're going to see the Dolphins down in Miami, yeah. Yeah. Rams out in L.A., nice and sunny. And yeah. then they're going to be like, oh, we're going to cut away to Buffalo here where Nick Chubb just picked <laughs> up a bit. And it's just yes. it's a, it's it's a, just a white screen. It's a white yeah. screen, yeah. <laughs> but here's my thing, right? It, Buffalo, it, they're coming out with a new stadium soon, right? And yeah. how yeah. how is that stadium going to be holding six feet of snow like per like square inch like on top of the stadium? Like how is that dome not going to collapse like the Minneapolis dome did? I like like they have to be prepared. For I didn't that, even know they, they were having a dome. They're, is they're it, is a dome? it a dome like uh, that they're making? I think? I think it's a dome, but like open the, dome, like the Minneapolis dome or whatever with the Metrodome. Yeah. Um, that was like, you know, the roof on top. Like that was a stadium built what, probably in the '60s or '70s, I think. So like, I couldn't tell you. I think they're kind of going for more like the modern design, like SoFi out in LA, kind mm. of, but with a dome as well, obviously, because you got to worry about snow and, and hail and rain or whatever. So I think they'll obviously kind of adjust for that because again, Buffalo is really like the epicenter of like these huge, crazy. Snow. I would say them in New England. Yeah, really. Most I've of the been time. to Buffalo. It is. Freezing yeah, and constantly snowing. My cousin yeah. went to school at at um, UB, and so I've been up there. Uh, it's it's brutal. Yeah, it's absolutely brutal. It just snows all day. It's cold and windy. I've been to the stadium, and it's just it's miserable in the stadium because it's a wind tunnel. So it's just uh, constantly freezing. Ugh. Oh man! All right. Well, <laughs> I guess we can talk about some <laughs> of the games coming up on Sunday. Now that we uh, bring up the Bills and Browns at one o'clock, Browns um, are. You know, slowly working Deshaun Watson back into the midst. He's with the team this week practicing. Um, and so he's ramping up. He's getting ready to return in just two weeks here against Houston. And so they take on the Bills at 1 o'clock. You mentioned that, that you figured that Josh Allen has been figured out to a little bit of a degree. And so, you know, he throws two pits in each of his last two games. And, um, you know, I mean, he just hasn't really looked like – the MVP favorite the last two games, which, you know, do you, do you still think that means that he's been figured out or if it's maybe just a little bit of a, you know, a misstep here over the last couple of weeks for Allen? So there was a stat last year that the Bills lost seven games that were decided by one possession. All of seven of those games, Josh Allen had the ball in his hands to come back and win it, and he lost all seven of them. And add another one to the Vikings, and... I couldn't think of another one, but at least this year, the Dolphins might have been another one. The Dolphins was another one. I mean, Josh Allen, that's nine straight games that he can't win in the one possession. I feel like for the most part, Josh Allen as an athlete is like a freak, especially yeah. as a quarterback. I just think that I don't even know what defensive coordinators do, but it just seems like they kind of don't allow those deep plays, and then you kind of have him figured out. Because if you could contain him, they don't have a run game, and it's just Stephon Diggs. Gabe Davis shows flashes, but like... Name another receiver on that team. Dawson Knox, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, like, Devin yeah. Singletary doesn't even run the ball that often. It's Josh Allen. So, whatever defensive coordinators are doing is working because I don't see them as – I still see them as a top team. But, like, when you think about Super Bowl contenders, do you still say the Bills are 100% going to win it? Or are you thinking, no. no, it's the Chiefs or the Eagles? No. I mean, you don't – no team is 100% yeah. winning it, obviously. But like, but they were the favorites at the end of the year. Oh, the yeah. I were. think, yeah, for sure they were. And, I mean, they're still – a favorite, but still, I mean, you got to consider like other teams like Chiefs, uh, Eagles, uh, Vikings now. I mean, since they are able to compete against top teams like the Bills. So, so who would you say, or here, here's a better one. Would you say Hertz is, um, I guess, higher up in the MVP ladder than, than Allen at this point? You then say, do, Allen, you, do you think he has a better taste? Allen leads the league in picks, too. So I think that yeah. brings him down. Well, do you think Hurts is a better taste? Well, I think Hurts is a more I think Hertz is more versatile than Allen because yeah. he runs the ball a lot more. Like, Allen has a lot of throwing yards, but Hurts has a lot of th- throwing and rushing yards and a lot of rushing touchdowns. Yeah. He kind of brings that aspect of both passing and running uh, to a run-dominant team. So I think that Hurts is definitely probably, like, 
a little bit closer to the MVP uh, yeah. trophy than Josh Allen. What is. about Mahomes? I mean, I would, Mahomes. I think Mahomes might have it right now. Yeah, I think yeah, Mahomes I think so probably too. has it at the moment. He's been the most consistent, I think. Yeah, yeah. and um, Hertz can like have an off day, but still throw for like 170, 175 yards and fifty and rush for fifty yards with a rushing touchdown. So he, Hertz is like a great is still in that MVP um, like race, I would say. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, he just brings both aspects to the game, and you don't know like he can he can kill you with his uh, f- like a fifty yard bomb or a fifty yard rush from him as well. I just want to say I just got a notification. It is kind of breaking news yeah. that the Carson Wentz is healthy, yet the Commanders are sticking with Taylor Heineke. That's good. So they realize that they have a better quarterback than Carson. So <laughs> yeah, Heineke. Uh, yeah, we were talking about this yesterday on Third and Lawn, like. I don't think he really has physical tools that, you know, are really all that good, to be honest. has a decent arm, but the way he plays is just, it's, like, remarkable to watch. This guy plays plays every snap. Like, it's his last ever. Like, not even in the NFL. Like, the last time he'll ever touch a football. Yeah. He makes the most of every play, man. I don't know. There's just some, I don't know. I said this again yesterday. I said if there is a quarterback in the NFL that, embodies the um he's got that dog in him i get the zach wilson meme and everything but i would give it to heineke because that guy just plays like his life is on the line i think that what separated heineke for me literally was the buccaneers wild card game yeah when he dove across the pylon Uh, against the best defense in the league that was the first game he played all year exactly and then he crazy the problem with heineke is he goes on these little phases where he'll win three or four straight and then just be really bad for like three games straight so yeah i did i don't you never know He's not great, but I mean, you know He's what? He's a good game manager. I I would honestly at this point ride with him over Carson Wentz too. Oh yeah, I mean he's proven that he can win games for the Commanders, and that's the reason why they're five hundred right now. I mean you beat you beat the best uh, another undefeated team. He this is his second time beating an undefeated team with the Eagles and uh, two years ago or three years ago whatever uh, against the Steelers. So. It's now the second time he's beaten an undefeated team. So he has what it takes to win games for this commander's team. I mean, as you mentioned, he is consistent, Nick. But, like, he still knows how to get you close and, like, just help you out with a win potentially. So. You think he's on a short leash, though? Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, yeah. and they're going to draft a quarterback. I yeah, you got to expect- think with Heineke and Wentz there? Well, you yeah. trade away Wentz. I, I think I so, think they got a wow. good quarterback. Wentz will get passed around to three teams in three years if that's yeah. the case. Yeah, that's he crazy. Can't stay, he can't stay healthy, and he hasn't shown that he hasn't shown enough when he's been healthy. Exactly. Yeah. I think to to stick a starting job or at least have security. Somewhere. Right now, he's a good backup. Yeah, I, I is Wentz a top thirty-two quarterback? Probably, but I mean, with with that, I'd say he's talent, a top twenty-five. Talent wise, I think he is, but the injuries I think hurt him. You know, he just can't. Yeah. He just can't. Could you make the it. argument he's a top twenty? No, no, no. You don't no. think so? Because I'm maybe I'm thinking like if you go through like Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, if you go oh, through Trevor all those Lawrence guys, is Matt than Wentz at this point. Lawrence, really? Lawrence yeah. Is better than Wentz. Yeah, yeah, he is. yeah. I would say so. I don't know. They're like two he's and be- seven he's, right he's now. He's better than Mac. He's better than he's better than Zach Wilson, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I could definitely like. I don't know. I would say. Yeah, maybe like. I'd say top. I, he's I, maybe like the twenty third or twenty fourth best, or yeah. something like that. I, I'd say he's better than Mariota. He's better than whoever the Panthers' quarterback is. That's Mariota at this point. I, I think he's better than Mariota. It's close. It's I really would close. say I would say Mariota. It's better. really close. I think he's better than Dalton or Jameis. Uh, well, he's think, better than Dalton. I would say here's the thing. That, that's Mariota already three is, right there. I would James. say Mariota is producing better stats than Carson Wentz. He is, and Mariota has less pieces than Carson Wentz. He is, but okay, that is that's, a very that's a, that's it's a, a very statement, designed though. offense to get Mariota like the easiest look, yeah, like ever. But no, I agree. I, I think Mariota has actually been pretty good for most of the year. He played awful though last week. Oh yeah, he did. He but, was awful. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, and then Wentz is it. Yeah, consistent himself either, so he doesn't have that going for him. I don't know. It's weird, but I think Heineke for now, at least the rest of this year, they're five and five. I mean, yeah. they're a game out of the, a playoff spot. So yeah. this is like an actual decision here. This is not like you're out of the playoffs. You have four weeks left. Okay, we're gonna pitch Heineke over you just to get through the rest of the year. Now they're they're competing to like actually stay in the hunt here. They're a half game back. Yeah. So. Uh, we'll see how it plays out for the Commanders. They knocked off the Eagles, giving them their first loss of 2022. Quickly, before we go to break, we have to talk about um, 
the Vikings and Bills this past weekend. Um, sitting on the top of Josh Allen. Bills dropped their second game in a row, 33-30 to in overtime. But what I really want to get to here is the Justin Jefferson uh, one-handed snag with two defenders on him. I mean, just like, you know, for my money, it's one of the greatest catches I've ever seen. I don't think you can really say anything different, right? Uh, it's the great, It's the best catch I of the year. I, say, I, say, I didn't say the best catch ever. I said one of the best. I, I think it's the best catch I of the year. I think right now it could be the, the catch of the year. I think the Pickens catch is so overrated. Pickens, no, that, oh, that's. Oh. I think it's over. It is a great catch. It, it's, it's a great catch, but people are like, oh, it's it's the, one of the best catches I've ever seen. And I'm well, like, here's the Justin Jefferson is fantastic. Fan. No, 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 no that, that's not even why. <laughs> I, I still to this day, I that's think true. the Odell catch is the greatest catch oh, yeah, I've ever seen. That. I mean, that was caught with two fingers. No, yeah, three so, fingers, or three, three fingers. fingers. That was either way. Still, still, yeah. that was unbelievable. Uh, nothing for me, at least. I, I can't even fathom a catch that would top the Odell catch. That's the thing. Because he's, getting, he's getting held on the play. Exactly. He's in midair, leaning back. He just throws three fingers up there and, and he snaps it. And it's yeah. a touchdown. And it's a, and a touchdown. touchdown. Yeah. I, you can't beat that. And uh, the thing is, is I hate how, how, like, oh, Jefferson or Odell. I hate this conversation because the thing is, is in my childhood, I don't know if it was the same with you guys because you guys are a little older than me, but still. Uh, in I mean, my childhood, yeah, in, in my childhood, I'm child- two years older. Wow, I feel old. <laughs> <laughs> in my childhood, it was like you would, if someone threw you a football, you would say, "Odell me." Oh yeah, yeah. No one's gonna say Jay Jet is me. It's like it's like, like no one's gonna say Jefferson me. Odell changed the entire yeah. Odell game was the of first. catching. Odell, uh, everyone wanted period. the the Odell hair. Yeah, back in the day. everyone wanted the Odell hair, and everyone wanted the Odell catch that Odell had. <laughs> yeah. So. Everyone was always just like, "Oh, Odell me, Odell me." When but you threw a football. What if Justin Jefferson happened first? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, I the thing th- I don't. No look, one had ever seen anything yeah. like that. When Odell, o- Odell was like catch. all over the news. No, like that it was, was, oh, yeah. it was unreal. Yeah. Now this catch is Danny Alana trapped in too. Now Jefferson had ten catches in this game, 197 yards and a touchdown, and he had a couple other really, really good catches. But this is the one that stands out, and so much so, you know, talking about the publicity this is getting. They are going to put the gloves he was wearing and his arm sleeve. Yeah, they're going to put it on display at the Football Hall of Fame. That's too. That's too. Um, that's that's just a lot. too much. That's a lot. You think that's too much? You got to put Odell like I'm in sure the Hall that, of Fame I'm sure then, at that point. Yeah. Yeah. They've got something for the Odell attach. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's crazy. I've never been up there, but I'm sure they've got his jersey or his glove or something. What are they putting on? Like, like catch of the year? Is that what it is? Like, why are they putting no, that up No, they'll probably there? just... I mean, I guess it is because at this point they're l- overlooking Pickens' catch. I mean, yeah, but there's been no other why, catch. They didn't, they didn't put anything of Pickens in the Hall of Fame for that. Yeah. Well, Pickens' yeah, catch was... I don't know. It wasn't that good. That's why, you know? I mean, I it was... I would say <laughs> it wasn't that good. That's a damn good catch. You're over the shoulder yeah. like that. I, I mean, will say, it, it was very good, but people were freaking out on Twitter. They were like, George well, Pickens made catch George of the Pickens, year. I was like, what? Yeah, and it's week three. Like, yeah. Like, he's a little bit of a meme, too. Exa- on, yeah. On, on yeah. Twitter. You yeah. Know? He just... Yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> of his college yeah, days. Yeah, he's a young boy's number one fan. All right. Uh, <laughs> we have to do a break here on offsides. 5.23 p.m. here in Glassboro. Um... We're going to uh, throw a couple messages your way. And when we return, we'll get into some NBA stuff and talk baseball as well later in the show before we get into our top five. This is Offsides here on RowanRadio.com Channel 2. The workday's done. It's time to hit the road. That's where Rowan Radio comes in and the ride at 5. Tune in from 5 to 6 p.m. for the music that matters and the songs you want to listen to. Give us a call or send us a text, and if we've got it in store, we'll play it over the air. But if you just can't get enough of the 70s, 80s, 90s, and beyond, let us pick the music while you drive. That's the ride at 5, Monday through Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. only on the station with more music than anyone else. Roman Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. People are always looking to invest in a good opportunity. So what if you could invest in the future of kids, like a stock? Not the kind of stock that's about making money, but a stock for social change called Better Futures. With your investment, it helps students like me go to college. My name is Charles, and I'm your dividend. 
Invest in better futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. Back here on Offsides, your Wednesday edition, your midweek edition. Here with your host, Aaron Hook, 525 p.m. Here on the campus of Rowan University in Glassboro, New Jersey. I am joined alongside uh, across the desk from me here in the WGLS production studio. To my left, I have Mr. Nicholas Carlson. And to my right, I have Mr. Jackless Miller. Not his real name. Um, okay, we're going to move into some NBA talk. Um you know, the NBA right now, uh, I would say, kind of has the reins because, you know, the the season is really at a point now where we're a little bit less than, or a little bit more, I should say, a month out from Christmas. So it's going to start kicking into high gear pretty soon here. Uh, and so we've got uh, some storylines to talk about, the biggest of which um, emerged today. And it's a quote from Mr. Kevin Durant, who uh, him and his, his Brooklyn Nets have been a hot topic here on offsides uh, for the last few weeks at this point. I feel like we're always talking about them because there's always something going on there. Um, and so here's a quote. Um, so this was after the game. They lose to Sacramento last night. They give up 153 points to the Kings last night in Sacramento. Kings are hot. Kings are actually they have the best record of any California team right now. They're 7-6. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, so they Nets get crushed by the Kings, and Chris Haynes of Bleacher Report um, talks to KD after the game, and he has a quote here. Uh, now, again, this is the quote that is on the website. This is what I saw earlier. Um, so I think this is this is in complete context. There's no, you know, whatever, trying to make this seem like something it isn't. This is exactly what he said. He said, look at our starting lineup. Edmund Sumner. Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, Claxton, and me. It's not disrespect, but what are you expecting from that group, Durant asked. You expect you expect us to win because I'm out there. So if you're watching from that lens, you're expecting us to play well because number seven is out there. Now to me, off the rip, that sounds like a pretty naive comment. A pretty like... That sounds like, like disrespect. dude, what are you doing? That sounds like disrespect. That's pretty disrespectful. Said, That's yeah. pretty disrespectful. <laughs> even though he said no disrespect. He named, he called them out by <laughs> name. Yeah. He called them out by name. And then he, right, he he went on, Jack, to say it's not disrespect. But it is. It is. That's like, blatantly what it is. You're what just, he said is disrespect, but you're, he's trying to cover it up. You're saying, by saying no disrespect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're saying the guys around you. Are doing you are, are are no good. Are doing you no, are doing you no good, and it's and you're the only reason why he's people. Much, yeah, he's saying like his starting lineup is pretty bad. Now, <laughs> to be completely fair, he is ever so slightly right. I think the only he has reason a point. why he has a point. I, yeah, but I don't know why re- you'd say that. No, well, yeah. the only reason why people are holding on to hope for this Brooklyn team right now is because Kevin Durant is there. Sure, exactly. but. If you're if you want to be a leader on this team, and by the way, Kevin Durant, you're not 25 years old anymore, bro. Like you're. 33 at this point like you're supposed to be a leader for this Nets team that's yeah. in a bunch of turmoil right now and they're missing Tyree Irving and yet you go out and like throw your teammates under the bus publicly so I don't I don't really I don't really know Jeff this is like kind of weird I don't think this has happened in like a while yeah I don't <laughs> from know from a die of Tate's caliber yeah that too like I don't know like who would just disrespect their starting lineup like that I think what he's saying is like he wants like Kyrie back at this point um, from his suspension, and he just wants other players in the trade trade deadline. So like it just kind of gets the the front office just like, oh, we need to get players for Kevin Durant now because he said something, quote unquote, no disrespect. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, literally, he's saying like no disrespect, but it's it's high key disrespect that <laughs> that you just out your players by name, not giving any proof, just by name and. <laughs> he's just outing him out like I need a better starting lineup than my second best man being Joe Harris. <laughs> like yeah. So uh, he's just he's really just calling him out saying like hey I need more players on my team please get me some help now ASAP. Right. <laughs> like, but again I think that's fine but like I just like the way to go about it is probably yeah. not that. Well, and I, the thing I was going to say why not just keep it in the locker room? Like like bring it back and say all right hey listen let's go get guys at the trade deadline don't call them out. On live TV, I, that's what I, I don't yeah. understand. Also, I mean, good thing 
if I was the GM, we would have had Kevin Durant out weeks ago. Just because I wouldn't want to deal with anything of this of this caliber. You know that when you're dealing with guys of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, maybe that's not why I'm the GM, but for the most part, they're just going to cause problems. I mean, if Kevin Durant came out and said that about my team, I would yeah. be infuriated. I think that's what this is. I think it's all planned. He's trying to get himself out of Brooklyn at this point. Either out of Brooklyn or trying to get people into Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, so. I guess. I guess those, those are the only two options yeah. he's got because the team right now, again, I don't agree with the way he went about it, but like, you know, and again, I mean like Joe Harris is not a bad player. Nick Clatson's actually having a pretty solid year. Um so it's like, yeah, like okay, I they agree also have with Ben Simmons on the But team. whose fault is it cuz yeah, Kyrie Ben Simmons they, Kyrie they, did it himself. Not, they they don't like him either. A report came out today that they're kind of getting fed up with his unavailability. It's like at that point it's like what did you expect? Like you knew he was going to be you knew he was going to be an issue. Yeah. That's the thing with the Nets. They knew that Okay, maybe not Kyrie as much, but they, they should have caught on pretty quickly that he was going to become a little bit of an issue. Ben Simmons clearly was going to be a little bit of an issue. Even if he wasn't as much as he was in Philly, you knew he at some point a problem would arise, right? He's not just going to come in here, but he just looked at who's leading the team. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. These are not guys with their heads screwed on completely straight. I'm going to be consistent yeah. to be honest. <laughs> yeah. like, I think we can all agree. Yeah. Like, great, next- talented, all-time great basketball players, but... Everything As else is a problem. Kevin yeah. Durant, that's been kind of the, the um, you know, kind of like blemish on his career, right? That he has never really, as a true number one, and obviously in Golden State, you can make the argument, was he better than Stephen Curry at that point? It's up for debate. But he's never truly been the alpha on a team, the number one, and has led them to even an NBA Finals appearance, like the guy like LeBron has, like the guy like Jordan has. Although, okay, he's got Pippen there. But KD could have done the same in Oklahoma City. He did get them to the finals as a as a as a one. But yeah. again, that's just been kind of like the thing about him is that you know he bats out of OT, uh, OKC to go play with a super team in Golden State. So it's like he's always kind of had this stigma around him where it's it's where like is he really a, a great leader? Is he really the guy to galvanize around? And then obviously Tyree, you know, we know that. Um, his off the court stuff can become a distraction. So I don't know. I they're just a total mess. They really are. And the play on the court is reflecting that. Did Kyrie sign a new contract? Because how many more years does he have? I think like I want to say two. I want to say two. I want to say two. So then how many does Kyrie have? Because didn't they sign at the same time? Yeah, hold on. So because I mean you could lose both of them at the same time. I mean this was a team that had Harden, Blake Griffin, Marcus Aldridge, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Yeah. And you went nowhere. So. Well, the thing is, is like a lot of these guys are now older. Well, yeah. And so, like, is if prime, they, prime, like prime, like all prime. These this guys, would have been the NBA 2K dream team. Yeah, like exactly. that would have been. Like, like this is like a team that you would like wish to draft, like in like or like. Well, yeah, because pick up fantasy like, draft, like yeah, fantasy. Yeah, right? in NBA in, like, 2K, it's 2015. Yeah, like, you know, you can't you can't just go a wall for like two weeks and not show up to practice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so this is the final year of Tyree's contract, by the way. Okay. He's an unrestricted free agent this summer. At 31 years old, um, and then for Kevin Durant, I want to say he has two years left on his deal. I'm pretty sure. Just didn't he sign an extension? Because if he had, he did. Yeah. So he's okay. So he's locked up. He's locked up for a while. He's got this year, next year, and then two more years after that. So he's got a four-year deal here. So it made sense why so he's, he's trying to while. leave. He's he's going to be owed a lot of money um, at his age. He's 34 years old. And so, who would want to take him though? It's a four-year deal. You figure up until, I would say, thirty-six. He's still gonna be probably like the top three player in the league. I would say he's got a couple more years left of that. And then at that point, I think after like thirty-six, like once he starts approaching like thirty-six, thirty-seven, you don't know. I mean, obviously, all-time greats have shown that the longevity factor is why they're considered the best. Look at LeBron, obviously. Um, but. Duran is not the same player physically as LeBron, and although he has been incredibly durable, um, KD, um, you know, I, I just think durable. I wouldn't say KD's. Durable. I think I think he's been pretty durable. I mean, he's gotten injured. I was gonna say last two years he was out for a very good well, amount of time. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay, so, so he's got he's had some injuries like pre Warriors days. I think he was pretty durable. 
uh, he yeah. he's always had ankle problems. Yeah, he has. That's true. So because yeah. I remember when like, when I followed uh, OKC like with Durant and everything, there was always like, oh, out for a week because ankle injuries. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> yeah, another so, one. <laughs> yeah, another one. Here we go. <laughs> it's gonna be weird, man. And again, I. Durant comment. It's just it's just a bad look yeah. organizationally. So I would be so infuriated if I was GM. I mean, if you want to talk about someone just calling out your team that you've built, I mean, and that's your star player right there, so you can't really do anything. Like imagine if imagine if Royce O'Neal was like, Look at the team that we got. They're horrible. Oh, yeah. see so yeah, he'd, he'd be cut the next he'd be day. Playing in China. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. Like he knows that he's like like untouchable. Right. He's untouchable. Right. Like if he, he can say something and not have like a consequence like Royce O'Neal would if he said that. No. Right. Yeah, and so again, the play on the court is not helping because they left the Kings hanging 153 points on him last night. Kings scored 36 or more points in each quarter. They scored 42 points in the third quarter. Um, and they shoot 49% from three as a team. 60% from the field, by the way. Um, Darren Fox didn't even have that bit of a game. 14 points, nine assists. The Tins really spread out the scoring in the starting lineup, and so you're seeing that the Nets are not just getting beat by one opposing star. You know, it's not like okay, they're kind of handling everything else, but they're, they've just run into you know a, a string of bad luck here, where they're playing the Cavs, and you know I don't know they're playing the Clippers, and then they're playing the Bucks, and then they're playing the Sixers. No, like the Tins are a, a nice team, and De'Aaron Fox very good player, Sabonis good player, but like. I don't know, man. When you had that team shoot 60% on you and Terrence Davis in 26 minutes goes for 31 points off the bench. like yeah. They also shot 50% from three. Yeah, 48.8% from deep, 20 to 41. 56 of 94 from the floor. That's 59.6% for a whole game. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Um, that's 10% more than the Nets. And the so. Nets actually ended up scoring 121 points in this game, but they, they just can't play a lift of defense. And, um, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like it. Yeah, it's and rough. Durant hasn't been like that like big of a defender in his career anyways. Like We, we don't see him as like the guy that can pickpocket people or like, get no, blocks well, on a consistent basis. He's definitely, he, at times he's been a really good defender, but he's not a guy that like you match up on the opposing team's best player. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Like, if he is your best defender, then, yeah, you can do that, and he's obviously versatile because he's so big. But like, like, like Giannis and Durant play the same position. Yeah, I would not put Durant on Giannis. No, like, no. Not I'm at play, all. I mean, in a in a playoff series, I mean, who you, Claxton, I guess, is probably your best option. Yeah, Cla- I mean, Claxton's pretty solid on defense. He's like a defensive Claxton uh, rebounding been, guy. Claxton's been very good this year, actually, yeah. for them. Um, exactly. One of the lone bright spots there for the Nets. Um all right, so sticking in the NBA, Pelicans and Grizzlies played uh, last night, and thought it was a pretty interesting matchup coming in because um, as the Pelicans win that one, by the way, uh, one thirteen to one hundred two, New Orleans now eight and six, the Grizzlies nine and six, and so like when you look at the Western Conference standings, guys, like it's a little bit of a, a mismatch right now. I mean, the Blazers are ten and four. After they won last night, the Nuggets are nine and four. Ten and four, man. Um, the Jazz are ten and six. They've dropped uh, three in a row now, but still, I mean, they're off to a ten and three start. Suns eight and five. Mavs are right behind them, and then the Grizzlies are Pel- and Pelicans are the sixth and seventh seed. So, you know, you looked ahead of both the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. You looked at the Mavs, Suns, Jazz, Nuggets, and Blazers. Of those five teams, how many would you say are truly you think better to beat them in a in a seven game series? Well, what were the teams again? So okay, here I'll go one by one. The Trailblazers right now are the one seed in the West. They're ten and four. Do we think they're better than the Grizzlies and the Pelicans? No, I don't think. I so, mean, no. I, in my opinion, I, I would say the Grizzlies are better than. Them. I might say the Blazers are better than the Pelicans. I think this is just like very it's really early. close. Though. It's but tough because Jer- like Jer- Jeremy Grant's been playing. He's been very, awesome. He's been yeah. very good. Yeah. Um, I almost snuck him in fantasy Simon's in a trade, too. but been really good. But yeah, Simons and, and and Lillard's back too. I mean, right. they're they're just doing really good. And what's great about this team is that when Lillard was gone. Simons was able to step up for this for the Trailblazers. Obviously, they didn't do that well. I mean, as we saw, we didn't even see him in the playoffs. But still, like he was able to be a leader on that team. And now you get Lillard back, and you get Jeremy Grant back, or you get Jeremy Grant in the off season, and they've been just flat out great. I mean, ten and four. I mean, you can't beat that. But what I find very odd is that I would say about in 
I would say 2018, 2019, the teams on the bottom of this Western Conference were at the top. Yep. And now it's completely flipped. Like Rockets, like Spurs, Rockets, Spurs Thunder, Lakers, Warriors. Thunder, Warriors. <laughs> like, Clippers it's, even. It's crazy. Well, it's weird when we were younger, like, all these teams are at the top, but now that we've gotten older, well, yeah. everyone else has I mean, gotten look, older. I mean, look yeah. at the it's East. Like, Remember so when weird. we were growing up? I mean, the Bucks sucked. Yeah, the I know. Sucked. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then they get Giannis and everything changes. Uh, same thing with the Hawks for a time. And now mm. they had those playoff teams, but at some point, the Hawks were pretty bad. They had the number five overall pick, and they yeah. end up yeah. drafting Ludo with it. Uh, they trade for Trey Young. Trey Young. Um, obviously, the Tavs in the last couple of years have finally gotten out of that, like, post-LeBron. Like, yeah, especially last year, you know. this past year. Yeah, exactly. Um, Pistons will always stay at the bottom. So Yeah, yeah. and they're still there. <laughs> yeah. Poor Pistons. But, um, uh, like, the Bulls, like, they're 6-8. and eight. Like, we, they're at least oh, somewhat decent because in our time, there was Derrick Rose season, so. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, but, it's just always weird how everything just flips. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it runs its course. Yeah. Um, and then, again, out west, I mean... <sighs> It's it's a pretty tightly packed conference right now. The eight, the nine seed Clippers are eight and seven. So you know it's a pretty deep yeah. conference. Um, it's always deep in the West. I mean. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, so. the thirteen seed and the nine seed are separated by two games right now. So yeah. I mean, again, well. you try to figure that early in the year, but still, I think there's a lot of t- a competition. And then in the East, the Celtics at eleven and three right now. They've won seven in a row. They look like really a a force two. Um, perhaps repeat as Eastern Conference champions. The Bucks looking great as always. They've dropped two in a row, however. Um, yeah, they were undefeated. Yeah, what they start nine and zero. Yeah, nine and zero. Now they're ten and three. So yeah, I mean the Sixers are off until Friday, which is weird. It is very weird. They haven't played since Sunday. Sunday. So. <laughs> yeah, long break for them. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I, I just thought the uh, the Pelicans and Grizzlies game last night was pretty interesting, um, because. You know, I think for Memphis, you know, they're the two seed last year, and now you have, um, you know, Bain really kind of coming into his own. And I think Memphis is a dangerous team. I really think they do. I, I really think so. I think they may be as good as anybody out in the West. Um, I think it's just they needed time last year, a little bit more time. Morant was great, obviously, but I think now that he's got the playoffs under his belt, he might come back this year with even more, like a little bit of vengeance to maybe prove himself. I agree. You got jo- I would have thirty-seven against the Pelicans. It was some crazy yeah. number. Brooks put up nineteen. The problem is they were young the past two years. So now that, as you talked about, they had that playoff experience, they've gotten older. I mean, they played the Warriors in the finals and put up, or in the the. Uh, what was it? Was it in the conference finals? Second round. The second round. Yeah. You kind of when you put up a fight against a very very good team, I feel like for the most part they're going to be a very dangerous team. But kind of as Jack talked about, there's it's so stacked in the West that it's like, it's like in baseball. It's like the NL East. It's like you got the Phillies, you got the Mets, you got the Braves. There's so much going on there that it's just like it's pure chaos. Yeah. So. Thirty six for Morant last night, um, and thirteen of twenty seven from the floor. Eight of eleven from three, so he had an awesome game. Thirty-six points, eight rebounds, four assists, three steals. Jaron Jackson had five blocks in this game. Uh, I think he's a pretty underrated piece for them too. And then for the Pelicans, that's good that he's back. He was injured for a decent yeah. Time. Pelicans, I like them a lot. Um, and Zion didn't play, right? Zion did not play, um, and they still won. Yeah. Uh, so. so I mean, they're showing that they can win without him. They're four and two um, in New Orleans. Um, Four and four right now. They're an even road team. And so I think, you know, when you get good play from Valanciunas from that five spot, they've got four really good scoring options. I think McCollum and, and Ingram are kind of like, Great. you know, yeah, that's kind of like. Um, One, two punch. Yeah. Uh, it's self-explanatory with those two. I mean, they're great scorers. They have been for a while. Zion obviously adds that explosive factor. And, you know, it's not like he isn't, isn't producing either. He can go for 25 any night. And then Valanciunas, you know, is a double double threat down low. So I think when you have all that working, and you know, I think they did a good job to improve their bench. Larry Nance is a pretty good piece. Again, I talked about him last week. I like Najee Marshall a lot. Devontae Graham and Alvarado as your guards, and then they draft Dyson Daniels last year, um, who gets uh, some action last night and actually plays pretty well. Has a plus thirteen. Nine rebounds. Yeah, nine rebounds for him. Um, so I think they're actually. I would call them a, a pretty deep team, and I like Trey Murphy as well. He's a nice young player. So I think the Pelicans have a chance to make some noise in the West this year after kind of a surprise 
eighth seed appearance last year after they, you know, win the play-ins and, you know, they pushed the Suns to six games in the first round last year. So I think they can try to feed off that momentum a little bit. Yeah, for me, I said, like, uh, before the season started that the Pelicans were going to go into the playoffs and be, like, one of those dark horse teams. Um, they uh, make it go to six against the Suns uh, last year, and then this year they uh, they just they get Zion back and – they added Herb Jones um, to their team, and he's been he's been okay. But they need they needed like a passing guard. But McCollum's been doing that as well um, as well as scoring uh, too. I mean, he had thirty uh, points, nine assists last night. And these guys, the the Pelicans need just a passer on this team and to fill that power forward hole. Um, I mean, obviously Zion is out, but like, well, yeah, n- n- screw it. I said because Zion would be in for Trey Murphy, but still like. They need a passing guard. I mean, to to kind of complete this team in a way, just because they have a lot of scorers. On yeah, the team. yeah, I would agree. Um, I think like a true point guard would kind of do something for them. And yeah. again, they've got like you know Devonte Graham off the bench um, to be a nice you know PC you know had a nice scoring season, and he's kind of your true one. I you know I guess Alvarado kind of functions as that, but I don't know. He he doesn't really set up the offense. He's more kind of like that. Sneaky little, sneaky little fella. Yeah. <laughs> you guys know. You guys do know GTA stands for Grand Theft Alvarado, right? Yes. Now I do. <laughs> Nick, you look confused. I was like GTA Grand Theft Auto. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, and that, that's his nickname now, right? GTA. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so all right. Um. So yeah, Grizzlies and Pelicans last night. I thought that was a uh, pretty interesting. Before we get into uh, our last break, coming up in probably about five minutes. Uh, we're going to run through some baseball news really quick. Uh, we'll start with the Yankees re-signing Anthony Rizzo to a two-year deal worth about $40 million. So I think that's a big step for the Yankees because um, Rizzo is very close with Judge. They're good buddies. And so I think for Anthony Rizzo at his age um, and the way he's played, you know, obviously deserving of you know a pretty lucrative contract, I think if he knew, if he had any doubt that Judge – wasn't going to be a Yankee, I'm not sure he would have re-signed this quickly. So that just, as a Yankee fan, I'm taking that as, like, a sign of optimism. I'm like, okay. As Yankees fans just trying to be I'm, hopeful. I'm, I'm, well, well, okay. <laughs> I'm, I mean, sure. I'm, like, I'm like looking at that, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe Judge will follow suit. You know, maybe tomorrow I'll wake up and I'll see a nice a nice notification that he, he re-signed. You know what I, I think? I don't think it'll be that way. The problem is, is that we were spoiled last year because of the lockout yeah. that Everybody signed in like five days. Right. Yeah. But now the problem is everyone's going to take their time. So when you're still waiting on guys like Judge, Turner, Verlander, uh, Rodon, DeGrom, Correa, yep. you're waiting for just one of them to go off the board. Yeah, remember, and then I feel like everyone's going to start ripping. Remember the Harper offseason when he didn't sign until like. It like was a while. February. Yeah. Same thing with. um. Oh, man, I just had it in my head. Uh, Rendon did the same thing. He didn't sign for a while. Yeah. Either. Yeah. So, yeah, there was like. We were like real complaints. Like, people were like. They got to do something about the offseason. Like, you know, like these guys are Saudi and spring training. It should point. shorten it down. That's what it should be. It should be like January is the latest you go because you, you want to have that team chemistry. So, yeah. That's yeah. A- I mean, guys were literally like signing in spring training. Like, spring, like pitchers and catchers had already reported, and then yeah. they're like burning guys in, which is a little weird. Realistically, do you think Judge, as of right now, now that Rizzo signed, you think Judge is going to go back to the Yankees? I would probably give it more of a chance than him leaving at this point. Okay. I would say. Although, I don't think it's, like, that wide of a margin. I think, I think Judd, I don't know, maybe, like, 60-40, you call it, something like that. So, I think I think they have a decent shot. If they play their cards right, if they're not greedy, uh, I think Judge should be a Yankee, obviously, um, and I hope he, he will be. Um, okay, so they re-signed Rizzo, get their first baseman back. Um, and then the Mariners made a pretty interesting trade today. Yeah. Um, they trade for Blue Jays outfielder Teoscar Hernandez. Hernandez has been really good for the Blue Jays over the last few years. Had a couple thirty home run seasons, and so Seattle, who you know made the playoffs for the first time in over uh, twenty years this past season, um, great run for them. They obviously get knocked out in the first round uh, against the Astros, but still they realize that at this point, you know they're in a position to compete here. They're in a position to really become a perennial playoff team. And so they go out and trade for a pretty good bat that they can sit right in the middle of the order, Jack, and uh, Teoscar. Yeah, it's a pretty good uh, acquisition for the Mariners. Uh, one of the things that they struggled with was consistent hitting. Um, so it's a great pickup for them that they get a guy like Teoscar 
who can slap a double in the gap or uh, get a, get you a, a home run in some clutch spots. So I think this is a huge win. Um, the thing with the Mariners is that they they give up Eric Swanson and Adam Mako, uh, and Swanson had a 1.68 ERA last year, and Mako was in high A. So, but uh, but yeah, uh, and then um, uh, Teoscar is going to be a free agent after um the 2023 season so you only get them from one year yeah so you got to use them to as much as right. you can if you're the mariners so um so yeah but i think it's a great trade but i mean the fact that you only get them for one year and they haven't extended him yet to at least a year or two um is a little is a little sketch from the mariners in my opinion yeah so i mean at this point he's a rental but we'll see if they they choose to extend him now obviously they've got that outfield with julio rodriguez who just won rookie of the year yep. um and then they're still waiting on Jared Kelenic, who's been their top prospect for the last couple of years. He's struggled in the majors. Yeah, they're waiting for him to like be good. <laughs> and yeah, so, be good. you know, like if Pretty he much. if he is, you know, again, um, we'll see where Hernandez kind of fits into this outfield. But I'm not sure if there's going to be a ton of room for him. Yeah, I mean, like, well, who, they got rid of Hanniger and they're trying to trade Winker, so that opens up. Are they trying to trade Winker? Yeah, as of uh-huh. right now, there. So that's going to open up a spot for him. I guess they're they've got a partner or something. So I guess Winker's going to be traded any day now. Yeah, and so I, that would be a pretty good outfield. I mean, you have Julio, Kellenic, and then Teoscar. I mean, again, if Kellenic is what he's supposed to be, yeah, yeah, that's 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 a really really good outfield. Yeah, because right they were hyping him up in like 2021. He was Kellenic. one of the best in all of baseball. Yeah, exactly, right? and then he comes up to the majors, has this like huge game, like one his first game, yeah, and then yeah. after and then after that, he just kind of like Nothing pulled right. off, and I was just like, and we we're just like, okay, like yeah. He was Kellenic traded for Edwin is, Diaz. Huh? So he, he was. Kelnick was traded for Edwin Diaz. He was. Yeah, he was. So, crazy. All right. Well, yeah, again, we'll, uh, we'll see there. And uh, I think the big news out of Philly today, Bryce Harper scheduled yeah. for elbow surgery. We obviously knew that it was kind of bothering him um, at, at points there. And so he used to have surgery on it. They have not ruled out the um, possibility of Tommy John, which would be really unfortunate um, for the Phillies because we know about – Obviously, the uh, recovery time there. So, uh, you know, the Harper surgery. Jack, how much fear does that kind of put into your, your little old heart there? Billions. As a uh, I mean, it, it, it puts a little fear in my heart uh, because <laughs> the it takes anywhere from nine months to a year on average to recover from Tommy John. So that would be the whole season. So he's not having Tommy if John my, yet, but it is it, on the table. It's on the table, which I would be honestly scared about because – we're trying to bounce back after making it to the World Series. And the fact that you don't have your biggest piece <laughs> in your lineup, um, I mean, we've proved that we've been able to win without him. But still, I mean, it's great. It's it's still good to have him on the team. So, Well, what about batting? Mm-hmm. Can he hit at, like, the eight-month mark? Well, I mean, if it's eight months from today, I mean, that's, what, August, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, but still, like, you're getting him the same time as you would – last year when he had his thumb injury so because i'm thinking like even if you have him for like a late playoff push like okay yeah he can't play right field but at the same time like you want his bat in the lineup well, so yeah. I, I feel like does tommy john affect hitting like i, I don't yeah, think it well, does or... maybe not as much as as hitting but i feel like you probably would have to go at least six months without before taking live abs i would yeah. assume without like moving it full force yeah. yeah i don't know i'm not a doctor that's such a complete because like for a pitcher obviously. throwing a hundred miles per hour, yeah, Tommy like, John, like okay, that's a different it's, thing. It's, but... it's a pitcher injury. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 a surgery designed for pitchers to be able to throw the ball like that. But yeah. obviously, Harper, you know, just has got something in his elbow that you know requires the same kind of procedure. So, mm. yeah, we will see. Uh, we will see how. Yeah, uh, hopefully it's not Tommy rest. John. Well, I hope I kind of just hope it's UCL at this point. So. I'm hoping it's not Tommy John either. That would suck yeah. for him to be hurt again. Exactly. Like we wouldn't want him to have to wait till august again exactly so all right so we'll see uh how the uh, phillies manage then bryce harper may be out uh, may miss some extended time next season phillies obviously coming off the world series appearance this year okay we're going to take a quick step off but when we come back we're going to have a uh, exciting top five for you to round out the show here on your wednesday edition of offside we'll be back after this
tuned to Rowan Radio for a community affair with me, WGLS-FM Public Affairs Director Megan Steckler. Each week, I'll discuss with local and national newsmakers topics that affect you and your community. Get a closer look at these important issues from the people who know them best. That's a community affair the third Saturday of every month at 9 a.m. right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM and also online at rowanradio.com. Want to know how to make your selfies even better? Okay, let's use science. The best time for photos is golden hour. That's the moment right before the sun sets, when the atmosphere scatters blue and violet wavelengths, making perfect, soft, and golden selfie light to show off that beautiful face of yours. Click. Check out She Can Stem for more inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. RowanRadio.com, channel two, your midweek edition of Offsides here on uh, Wednesday, November the 16th, the year of our Lord, 2022. Aaron Hook, Jack Miller, Nick Carlson here with you in the WGLS studios. All right, boys, we have gotten to our top five. And it was originally going to be our top five fighters in UFC history because of the... um, Big-time fight over the weekend, Israel Adesanya losing to uh, Alex Pereira in um, the middleweight uh, championship bout there. Uh, Adesanya, first loss ever inside his own weight class, which is pretty crazy. Uh, and he had lost to Pereira couple of year, uh, a couple times before, years back in uh, kickboxing, which is kind of where both of their roots came from. And so Pereira got him again, stole the title from him, and... Uh, a rematch is certainly looming. So I was going to try to go off that, but then I gauged both of you guys' interests, and you guys preferred uh, the WWE. And so did I. I grew up loving the WWE, was kind of like infatuated for it um, to like an embarrassing level for a few years when I was like 12. Um, I actually went to WrestleMania at MetLife, WrestleMania 29. It was like, it was so sick. I saw this, uh, Cena fight The Rock for the championship, saw The Undertaker, I can't remember who he fought for the life of me. I think, I think it was. Uh, I think it was Triple H. I think. I think. I want to say. I want to say you're right. I do. I just, I can't remember who he uh, fought I'll, at 29. I got you. Um, but he didn't lose. He won. So it yeah. was not Brock Lesnar. Um, yes. And so it might have been CM Punk actually. It may have been CM I'll, Punk. I'll find it. All right. So Jack's gonna find that. I haven't heard CM Punk in forever. Oh, uh, you will. You will in a little <laughs> bit. That's for yeah. sure. Uh, um, 29. Let's say. It was CM Punk. Yep. Okay. So there you go. Um, so, yeah, I'm a big WWE guy, too. So I figured uh, we'd change it kind of on the fly. Uh, and we'll go our top five WWE superstars of all time. Let's start with Nick Carls. So, I like, this goes back to, like, the old WWE games yeah. and kind of, like, watching on WrestleMania. Uh, the I so for number five I, I I could put John Cena in there but like I feel like that one was too obvious so I have at number five the Hulk himself Andre the Giant uh, he was always an interesting one just because of how big he was in his personality uh, number four I have the Undertaker just because that was like the first WWE guy that I saw just some guy come out uh, number three was The Rock um, which is funny because like I watched The Rock in WWE and then as I got older I was like. Is that actor the guy who was in WWE? Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Um, number two and one could be so interchangeable, but Hulk Hogan brother is going to be number two. Uh, and then number one, the GOAT of WWE, uh, Ric Flair at number Ooh, one. <laughs> wow, okay. All right. So that's a, that's a pretty good list. Pretty, um, pretty tasteful pits there, I'll yeah. say. Jack, what do you got? So, uh, first of all, WrestleMania is actually WrestleMania forty is supposed to be in Philly. Wow! So I don't. I think this year is WrestleMania thirty nine, and then following year it'll be WrestleMania forty in Philly. Um, there you go. And then I am I. I was gonna have Ric Flair, and then I didn't put him on my list because I forgot how I felt how overrated he is. I love so, Ric Flair. <laughs> so honorable mention. Um, my favorite wrestler, the reason I got into wrestling was because of Rey Mysterio. I was a smaller kid um, in my elementary days, and he was a smaller wrestler. He was like 5'7", 
Um, and he's just a really uh, acrobatic guy, athletic guy as well. And six per- one nine, baby. Exactly, six one nine. And um, so he, he, I always liked him just because he was beating these guys that were like like six four yeah. and like <laughs> a triple size, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a triple size, and was it was still beating him. Um, number five um, is I would say one of my current favorite wrestlers. He is injured at the moment, but Randy Orton. Um, oh, nice. He, I, nice. RKOs are just, like, the coolest thing ever, in my opinion. Um, like, he he's just so, like, sneaky and then just pops one out of nowhere. So, um, my number four is Roman Reigns um, because right now he has the longest uh, uh, World Heavyweight Championship title reign at, like, two and a half years or something. So, I got to give props to him, and he's just doing great. I have Triple H as number three. Um, I just think he was really good and it was just really good at winning. Um, and then he also has like, like 13 or 14 championships, whatever it be. Um, so I think he's, uh, at number three, number two, I have undertaker cause of his WrestleMania mm-hmm. stuff, uh, going 21 and O at WrestleMania. That's kind of crazy. And so, and he was just dominant. He just knew how to win as well. Like SummerSlam was his like second best event too. Like mm-hmm. he was really good at SummerSlam. And number one, I have John Cena. I mean, okay. seven. You have seven. You you have uh, what is it? Sixteen or seventeen titles? Let like I think it's seventeen. But no, you can't, you can't deny the fact no, that I, Cena is like come one, on. one of he, the best. He ever. is. I, he's one of the best ever. But I think like I'm like you know he's like he's John Cena. He's like too, that's cool. He's, like he's, but like he's, he's too popular. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. I have him on my list too. Yeah, pretty yeah. high John up. John Cena's number one. I mean he's. He, he, he's the face of WWE. I was yeah. say, yeah, if you he's, think of he's WWE, the face, it's John you think Cena. of John Cena. Is he yeah. your favorite? No. Who's no, he's your, not, he's not my he's, favorite. He is a favorite. Who's your number one favorite? Either Rey Mysterio or Randy Orton. So what is your list? Favorite or, or best? Well, Mine's it's a, best. It's a bit of... It's a bit, I factored in talent. Like My, oh, my, I my favorite, favorite is not at number one. Oh, okay. All right. So then, do your list, and then you tell want to me redo your it. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> mine is like a little bit. Oh, I thought you were saying best. We might need a longer episode after <laughs> this. Well, okay. We've got we've got two three minutes here. Um. So at five, I went with my favorite, CM Punk. Okay. Um, I respect held, it. Held the WWE title for 434 days. Um. I don't know what it was. Just like him being like a punk back then. I don't know. Something. He just always spoke also, his mind. I liked it. His theme song. Yeah, I, I love that. Schwarber song. uses it. Cult of Personality. Yeah, he that's uses the it, one. Yeah, Schwarber uses it in like the fifth inning. That's like, awesome. Uh, I like love the the that song. Uh, so awesome theme song, and uh, CM Punk was awesome back in the day. Danny Ryan just said no Logan Paul on this D- list. I said I said that during the break, <laughs> and everyone laughed at me. How can you say that? You can't say Logan Paul's like well, great, the greatest wrestler of all time. At four, I have Shawn Michaels. <laughs> um, that's good. Yeah. I respect it. Uh. I don't know. It's just kind of like you have to throw one of them in there, right? Either him or Triple H, I guess. Three, I have The Undertaker. Um, At number two, I have Cena. And then at number one, I have Stone Cold. Okay, I was going to say, I I didn't think Stone Cold was going to make it there, and I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, Stone Cold would have been my one. He's the best, dude. He's just the best. All right. I might have to put Stone Cold as my honorable mention, actually. Yeah. Instead of Rey Mysterio. I, I love Rey Mysterio, but Stone Cold And I love the Randy Orton pit, by the way. Randy Orton is sick. All right. Nick, I, do you have your I, I'd probably top five most talented, I guess, for you. Right? I would say Stone Cold's number one for me on talent okay. uh, wise. Who's number two, Logan Paul. <laughs> <laughs> He's number three for me. Yeah. I, I'd say Cena's <laughs> Cena's two, Undertaker's three. Uh, see, I, I do like Randy Orton. When you said Randy Orton, I was like, ooh, RKO. I was yeah. like, yeah. Um, I, I think Hulk Hogan deserves to be up there as well. Yeah, and yeah, Logan right. Paul's five, yeah. Yeah, Logan Paul. <laughs> so. All right. Paul. Did you guys see that Jake Paul's fighting Andrew Tate? I did see that. There's n- That's not confirmed. Is that it confirmed? Is. 2023 I think, yeah, confirmed. I think it is confirmed. I would really consider buying pay-per-view for that. Like, I that's, would too. That's Genuinely. exciting. Yeah. I would too. I don't know who's going to win that. Jake, pa- Jake Paul will win. Ma- well, here's Jake the Paul is like supposed to win, but the thing is, I think Tate would. I just want to see Tate get. I, I think Tate I, would be. I just want to see Tate get beat up. Yeah, yeah. Is that Jake Paul is a mastermind at this because of he doesn't get boxers. He gets everything that's oh, yeah. not a boxer. He's, obvi- he's never fought a real boxer. Andrew Tate is a kickboxer. Exactly. And he's so good. 
he's still just Tommy Fury was the closest one where I was like, okay, Jake might get in trouble here, but then they cancel. But still, like he's fought UFC fighters, he's fought like all these other guys. He's never fought a straight. He's never fought a straight up boxer. He's a marketing genius. Like he's like, oh, I'm fighting this kickboxer in a boxing match. Well, he wanted to fight McGregor, and I was like, McGregor doesn't box. So what's what's the point with that? Yeah, exactly. Like he's not fighting an actual boxer. Like I want him to fight an actual boxer just to see how that goes. Someone said that he should fight Canelo, and then Jake. Paul said something about it. He's like, yeah, I'd fight Canelo. Uh, I was I like, mean, you'd get destroyed. Yeah. Well. yeah. Yeah. So I want to see, see him actually fight a boxer. But We'll see if that day ever comes. Um, <laughs> probably in the very, very far future from now. November 16, 2022. This has been your midweek edition of Offsides with uh, your host here, Aaron Hook. Thank you to Nick Carlson, Jack Miller for hopping on with me today on this hump day. Uh, pretty cold outside today, so thank you guys for uh, making the trip over. As well, uh, you can catch me every Wednesday, five to six here on offsides. Danny Ryan on Fridays, Larry Dealman on Mondays, and uh, have a great rest of your day, everybody, and stay warm. Boop. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.